The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, November 27, 2022, on the basis of Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. I wish I knew the exact date, but I do know that we are down to a matter of weeks now. Very soon, our new church building will be complete and we will hold our first service in it. And when that wonderful day finally arrives, then finally we will all find out whether that movie quote that has been said to me so often as the pastor of good news, whether that movie quote will in fact prove to be true. I'm talking about the line, if you build it, they will come. You maybe know that that famous line comes from the movie Field of Dreams. And in that movie, an Iowa farmer by the name of Ray Kinsella hears this strange, mysterious voice that tells him that he should plow under half of his cornfield in order to build a baseball diamond. A baseball diamond so that a bunch of long-dead former Major League Baseball players would have a place to play. Sounds like a crazy idea. But along with that persuasion to build the baseball field, the voice offered that promise. If you build it, they will come. And you can probably guess why people have quoted that line to me so often as the pastor of good news. If, as a church, we can figure out a way to stop having services in a strip mall or stop having them in the basement of a bank building. If we can actually put up a real church building, then people will come. I have to tell you, there was a time a couple of months ago already when I was actually hoping that this first Sunday in Advent, this first Sunday of an entirely new church year was also going to be the first Sunday in our new church building. And in a certain sense, that might be a little bit disappointing. But in another sense, it's actually probably good. Especially as we look at the verses that are in front of us today. Because in these verses, Isaiah sees a, a building. But as we look at these verses, it's very important for us to realize that what he has in mind, what God is showing him, is not a specific place. It is not a physical structure. Isaiah sees a vision not just of a church. He sees a vision of the holy Christian church. Really, any time, any place where there is a group of people who are gathered around God's word. And so as a result, what we need to realize is that the, the building project that's described in these verses is not something that's going to be completed way off in the future or even just a little bit ahead. It's something that actually was completed by God already centuries ago, which means that the blessings that are described in these verses are blessings that are not just someday, hypothetically, maybe going to be ours. They are blessings that belong to us already right here, right now. But it also means that this all-important question takes on a little bit of a different form. Who is going to come? Who is going to show up? It's not just a situation where we can have our first service and then count how many people are there or see if our church really does grow after our building is complete. 
No, instead, the question that is prompted by these verses is one that we must continually ask. It's one that's never fully answered. And in fact, it's one that we must ask not just about other people. It's one that we need to ask about ourselves as well. This question that these verses from Isaiah chapter 2 lead us to ask, if God builds it, who will come? Now, if you've seen the, the movie Field of Dreams, you know that this promise, if you build it, they will come, doesn't just refer to a bunch of baseball-playing ghosts. It refers to all the people, the crowds of fans who are going to come to watch the baseball-playing ghosts. In fact, at one point in the movie, the character played by James Earl Jones says, in his classic James Earl Jones, Darth Vader voice, he says, people will come, Ray. People will drive to Iowa for reasons that they can't even fathom, and they will turn up their driveway, not even understanding exactly why they are doing it. That's sort of the kind of thing that Isaiah is describing in these verses. He sees how God puts up this building on top of this mountain and how God establishes this mountain as the highest of all mountains in the world. And then once that building project is complete, Isaiah sees that nations will stream to it. In other words, people will flow to this building like water up a mountain up the tallest of all mountains. I don't know if you know this, but that's not how it normally works. Water usually flows in the opposite direction, downhill. In other words, the thing that is bringing these people is a very strange and mysterious power. In fact, it is something so strange and so powerful that it actually overpowers the natural forces that would be at work pulling us in the opposite direction. So once our church building is complete, is it possible, maybe even plausible, that some new people will come, I suppose. But there wouldn't really be anything surprising or remarkable about that. What is remarkable, what is surprising, is all the people who were willing to come when it was still just a basement. And in fact, for that matter, as much as it would have been wonderful if today were the very first day we were having a service in our new building, hands down, it is far better that today we are welcoming almost 20 new people as members of our congregation. If you know them or if you get to know them, I think you'll find out they are very nice people. But I got to tell you, they might be a little crazy. They started coming. They kept coming. They decided to join the church when there was no building, when there was just a basement. It makes no sense at all. And in fact, it makes no sense that the Christian church as a whole has grown and it has spread and it has conquered and pushed back the forces of evil in our world. Both when Christianity was a popular religion and when it wasn't. Both when Christianity was a respectable religion and when it wasn't. Both when Christianity was a legal religion and when it wasn't, both when Christianity was a safe religion and when it wasn't. It makes as much sense as water flowing uphill. 
And yet that's exactly what the prophet Isaiah sees. When God builds it, many will come. Which sort of leads to the question, what's bringing them there? What is this strange and mysterious force that is drawing them and even overpowering all of the forces that might push them in the opposite direction? Especially in this holiday shopping season, it might be easy for us to focus on all of the wonderful stuff that is available in this building on the top of this mountain, almost as if God is offering some sort of can't-miss Black Friday sale. And yes, in Isaiah's vision, he does see that there is wonderful stuff in this building on this mountain. There is, first of all, wisdom. Out of all the paths a person might pursue in their life, on this mountain you learn the Lord's path. The one who created you, the one who designed you, the one who knows you better than you know yourself has marked out the path that is best and safest for you to follow through life. In this building on this mountain, Isaiah sees that there is also justice. Justice that's quite a bit different from the world's definition of justice. Not the kind of justice where some people get to be the good guys and other people get to be the bad guys. Not the kind of justice that decides who in life deserves a second chance and who is completely irredeemable. No, it's the kind of justice where all of us and all people are equally guilty before God and equally worthy of his everlasting punishment, but where all people are offered free and full pardon from God and the gift of eternal life. In this building and on this mountain, there's also peace, but not the kind of peace where you can speak softly only so long as you are also carrying a big stick. Not the kind of peace where the only thing that keeps two nations from going to thermonuclear war with one another is the guarantee of mutually assured destruction. But no, this is a willing peace. This is a powerless peace. This is a peace that is not enforced. It's one where the weapons of war are no longer needed. There is all kinds of wonderful stuff to be had in this building and on this mountain. But even more than that, Isaiah wants our focus to be just a little bit elsewhere. Not on what we might get if we go to this building, but whom we will meet. You see, this building is not first and foremost a store. It is first and foremost a temple. It is a house. It is not the place where the God of Jacob sells all of the goods that he has manufactured for mankind. It's a place where the God of Jacob dwells in and among his people. And yes, all of this stuff is available, but it's available not on some shelf at the end of aisle six. No, it's available on a shelf in God's pantry, in his storeroom. These are the goods that he wants to bring out to us and serve to us as he sits us down at his table and graciously serves as our host. These people are going up to this mountain not just to get a bunch of stuff from God, but to get and to meet God himself. And in fact, they know it. They don't just say, hey, let's climb this mountain so we can get some wisdom. They say, let's climb this mountain so that he can teach us his ways. They don't just say, let's climb this mountain so we can get justice and get peace. No, instead they say, let's climb this mountain so that he 
can judge between nations so that he can settle all of our disputes and bring us true and eternal peace. Now, this might actually be a little bit of bad news for people who are in the process of committing a lot of resources to putting up a brand new church building. In that brand new church building, there will, of course, be a lot of things that I think we could definitively say are better. There's going to be a lot more seats for people to sit in. The sound system is going to sound so much clearer and so much better. The internet connection is going to be so much faster for our live stream broadcasts. We will have complete control over the temperature in the building so that both in the winter and in the summer, it can be exactly where at least hopefully some of us like it to be. Maybe best of all, our new church building is going to have these things called windows where we can actually see the light of day. And yet out of all the things that are going to be better, there is one thing that won't be one single bit better, and that is the spiritual blessings that are available to us. Those will stay exactly the same. If we were tempted to think of this as a store, we'd probably think we were making a bit of an upgrade. It'd sort of be like going from some sort of sketchy used car lot to a brand new Tesla dealership. It'd sort of be like going from a thrift shop to a Madison Avenue boutique. It'd be like going from any gas station convenience store in the entire world to Quick Trip. <laughs> right? Things are going to get better and the stuff that is available there will be better. It'd be easy to think that if this were a store, but it's a house. And yes, sometimes you move from one house to another and sometimes the things in that new house are a little bit bigger and they are a little bit better, but the most important part of the house and the thing that makes a house a home stays exactly the same even when you change addresses. And that, of course, is the people who are there. There might be some people out there who have just been waiting to show up until that new church building is completed, but rest assured, God was not one of them. When God builds it, he shows up no matter when and no matter where. And so that really brings us to that all-important question that these verses force us to ask. Will we be there? It'd be really easy, I think, for us to skip over that question. Maybe you've spent some time like I have, sort of picturing some of those new, as-of-yet unknown people who might walk through the door, who might just show up, but maybe you haven't spent a whole lot of time asking yourself, you know, a couple months from now, a year from now, Will I be there? It's a question all of us need to ask, and the final verse in this section really demonstrates that. Isaiah has seen this beautiful picture of this building on top of this mountain. Many people will be there. That's already settled. God will be there. That's already settled. But then he finishes by saying, Come, descendants of Jacob, let us, walk in the light of the Lord. In other words, let us also climb this mountain to be with God. 
And realize that that last verse is not just a, a little reminder or a sort of gentle encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. No, it is a desperate, last-minute, Hail Mary plea. And it is a desperate plea because the people to whom he is speaking had completely forsaken their God. Even though God had chosen them out of all the nations of the earth, even though he had multiplied them and turned them into a great nation, even though he had brought them out of slavery in Egypt and given them the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, they had completely forsaken their God. This building on top of this mountain was a house for the God of Jacob. But whether the descendants of Jacob were actually going to set foot inside of it still remained to be seen. Call it the home church disadvantage. The second someone goes from being the type of person who is far from God, who has nothing to do with God and wants nothing to do with God, to suddenly being someone who makes God a big part of their life, who is close to God and is spending Tons of time in his word. The second that happens, a whole new set of spiritual temptations come into play. Maybe it's the temptation of arrogance. To think that the reason you found Jesus, the reason you are such a a good church-going Christian is because you're just so much better or so much smarter than the people who aren't. Maybe it's the temptation of complacency. You've heard this since you were a kid. You've heard it all before. You know it all already. In fact, even now, the kids have all been baptized They've all gotten confirmed. What's the big deal if you start going less and less? Maybe it's the temptation that you still want to just walk in your own path instead of following God's wisdom. Maybe it's the temptation that you still want to play by the rules of worldly justice where you get to be one of the good guys and someone else gets to be the bad guy instead of accepting God's equalizing justice. Maybe you want to hold on to grudges. Maybe you don't want to put up with the differences that exist anytime a group of people even this size gets together. And you don't want to adopt in your life God's plan for peace. The temptations take on various shapes and sizes. Many people will be there. God will be there. But the question we need to continue to ask is, will we? That's why I'm so excited about finally getting into that new church building and maybe even more so why I'm so excited about this Advent worship series that we've got coming up. As much as it will be a wonderful thing when this picture that has been in our minds for so long finally becomes a reality and we move into our new church, as much as it would be a wonderful thing if everything for you this holiday season and for all of your holiday gatherings come together exactly how you envisioned it, As wonderful as all of that would be, God wants something more for us this Christmas. And he wants it for us for more than just Christmas. He wants to be with us. And he wants us to be with him. Which is why he says it in the first place. Come, Descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. As much as that was a last second desperate plea, it was also a sign of God's pure and unconditional grace because he could have said, go, descendants of Jacob. Stay out in the darkness away from the Lord. But he says, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. 
an act of his pure grace. Crystal clear proof that no matter how many other people come, God will not be fully happy unless we are there too. So never stop asking that question. When God builds it, will we come? But never doubt for a second what your good and gracious God wants the answer to be. Amen.